Amen. Hey, just before I get uh, started preaching, I came up with, uh, found uh, a thing uh, about kids and and what they think about angels. And so, it's a list of various kids, young young children, and and, uh, their statements about angels. Gregory, age five, says, I only know the names of two angels. Hark and Harold. <laughs> Jared, age eight, said, Angels live in cloud houses made by God and his son, who is a very good carpenter. <laughs> Henry, age eight, said, My guardian angel helps me with math, but he's not very good in science. Jack, age six, says, angels don't eat, but they drink milk from holy cows. (laughs) Daniel, age nine, says, angels talk all the way while they're flying you up to heaven. The main subject is where you went wrong before you got dead. (laughs) Sarah, age six, says, angels have a lot to do. And they keep very busy. If you lose a tooth, an angel comes in through your window and leaves money under your pillow. Then when it gets cold, angels go south for winter. (laughs) Antonio, age nine, says angels are girls because they got to wear dresses and boys don't go for that. (laughs) Okay, so tonight is part two of a two-part message started on Wednesday night. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you're not going to be lost. You'll be able to, to catch uh, the, the gist of it. <clears throat> Forgiveness is so important to us, isn't it? It's what gets us into the kingdom of God. And forgiveness is a gift from God. The word forgiveness itself gives us a definition of what it is. Forgiveness. Give is the middle part of forgiveness, isn't it? God gave us forgiveness uh, 
And all we have to do is receive it. We didn't earn it, did we? We could not have paid for it. Uh, It took the precious blood of Jesus. This word precious that's used here is uh, not like we use it most of the time. You know, we see a little baby and we go, oh, how precious. And we, we use it like cute. But as it's used here in the Bible, it means costly or valuable. God purchased our forgiveness with the most costly and valuable thing he could have paid, the blood of his own son. So we we didn't earn forgiveness. We could not have paid for it. We didn't even deserve it. It was a gift we received. And, and we cannot take the give out of forgiveness. If, I mean, forgiveness is all about giving. You can't take the give out of forgiveness or it looks more like this. I mean, for now, that doesn't even make sense, does it? The only thing that makes forgiveness to make sense is the give. Give is a central part of forgiveness. So this is so important, and I think sometimes we can almost overlook the importance of the value of the give of forgiveness. It was a gift. God gave it through the blood of His Son, Jesus, and we receive it. We didn't pay for it, did we? We couldn't have paid for it, could we? Nothing uh, could pay for our forgiveness except uh, for the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus paid the price, shed his blood, and because of that sacrifice that was made, we are able to receive that gift. It's Christmas time. We talk and see Christmas time is all about God's gift, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. And so that's what forgiveness is all about. It's about the giving. Christmas time is all about, I mean, we give gifts to each other. I think that's good. I like getting gifts, and I like giving gifts, don't you? But it's really all of us know about the gift of God, and that gift was Jesus, and Jesus came. He was born to die for our sins, and so God the Father gives us forgiveness through the blood of His Son, Jesus, the only thing that makes Forgiveness makes it have sense uh, is the give, right? And so God's forgiveness works this way toward us. It's a gift. And it's the way our forgiveness is supposed to work to others. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 And 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Now, that's a novel thought, isn't it? Tell yourself, be kind. (laughs) Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you, just as God through Christ has forgiven us, 
we are to forgive others. God's forgiveness was a gift, right? We didn't earn it. We didn't pay for it. Uh, uh, We didn't even deserve it. Our forgiveness to others is meant to work the same way. Uh, Where they, they don't earn it, they don't pay for it, they may not even deserve it. Forgiving someone means we give them what they may not even deserve. And this is a problem for some of us at times because sometimes we feel like they owe us. They did something wrong to us. They said something uh, wrong about us, and they owe us. We can feel that, right? They owe us an apology. Uh, He owes me an explanation. Wives sometimes, he owes me an explanation. Uh, husbands may, probably not, never mind. <clears throat> but they owe me feeling, they owe me payback because of what they did. They, they owe me feeling bad about what they did for a long time, payback. Now listen, if our forgiveness is conditional upon someone else owing us something, it ceases to be forgiveness because we cannot take the give out of forgiveness. It's the central part of forgiveness is give. We know that, right? It's right there in the Word, give, forgiveness. That prefix for means literally before, before give. So forgiveness for it to work in our lives, we have to give it before. Say, so what do you mean give it before? We give it before they feel, we feel like they may even deserve it. We, we give it before we may even feel like it. Sometimes it will feel like forgiving. Now, I know I'm talking to somebody besides myself tonight. (laughs) We may not feel like forgiving, but we do because the Bible says uh, God God forgave us when we didn't deserve it, right? And I think that's what it says here. Just as God through Christ has forgiven us, we're to forgive others. I think that's what it says there. Uh, You know, I could study the original Greek and it it could mean exactly what it says, right? So we're to forgive. And I just want to pause for a moment here because, I, you know, I, it's the way I preach. I, I do make things, I try to make it engaging and keep your attention and all that. I do use humor in my message sometimes, very little bit, but sometimes a little bit, humor. But I don't want you to feel tonight anyone who has been very deeply wounded by someone, injured by someone's words or deeds, I don't want you to feel tonight that I am belittling the impact of that deed or those words or those actions that were done to or the words spoken against you. I don't want you to feel that. But in our lives, it is so, is so important for us to give forgiveness. We, we, we must be willing, 
even though we may not feel before, forgive, before we feel like it, we go ahead and give forgiveness because that's what God says we're to do. Amen. So <clears throat> we choose to forgive. We choose to forgive. And our lives tonight are not made up of a series of chances. Our lives are made up of a series of choices, and one of the biggest choices you and I can ever make is to forgive. And it's big for several reasons. It's big, it's really huge in how it plays out in our life. If we forgive, it plays out very big in our life. If we choose not to forgive, it plays out terribly in our lives. Matthew 24, verse 10, Jesus is speaking. This was one of the signs of the last days. In Matthew 24, he talks about the last days, and he says, Then many will be offended, and they will betray one another and will hate one another. I don't know, somebody messed with me. Note to self, fix that. Wow, that's in that's right there. Man, I, I might have to I might have to study that verse before tomorrow morning services. <clears throat> we'll hate one another. I don't know where that phrase comes from. Wow, man. Hey Cindy, don't let me forget to Yeah, I'm fix that right after the service. <clears throat> like I said, I insert a little humor. I'm blushing, if you can't tell. I, 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 what the? <laughs> no. <laughs> man. Wow, man, that, that just kind of threw me off for a moment. I'm going to have to get rain back in here. <clears throat> there, there, here, let's get off that screen. <clears throat> there, there. <laughs> There's a progression in that verse, and it, it goes like this. People get offended. They betray one another. They hate one another. Unforgiveness, being offended and not dealing with it, plays out badly in our life. When we get offended and don't deal with it rightly, you know what happens? We get off-ended. We get off-ended. Anybody besides me ever gotten off-ended? We get weird is what happens. And so now tell yourself, don't stay off-ended. Off-ended. Now tell yourself, don't get weird. Because, listen tonight, unforgiveness eats away at our peace. It will eat away at our ability to cope in our emotions. It will eat away at our relationships with each other. It's a thief. It's a robber, unforgiveness, bitterness, offenses that are not dealt with rightly 
will eat away at our life. It is a thief. They are thieves and robbers. If we carry bitterness about offenses in our life, it will actually trap us. The word offenses is in the original language, the Greek, is the word scandalon. And if you had a mouse trap, it would be the part of the mouse trap where the cheese goes on. It's where the bait goes on or the cheese goes on on a mouse trap. Offenses will trap us if we don't handle them rightly. We need to refuse tonight, you and I need to refuse to take the bait that leads us to get bitter against others. And this sometimes can be one of the hardest choices and decisions we make. And that choice is, I won't take the bait. I may feel like it at the moment. I, that, that piece of cheese feels like I just got to get out and grab it because they said this, they did this. And it may have been from years in the past. We feel like taking the bait. We feel like uh, eating the bait. Uh, but I want you to tell yourself tonight, I won't take the bait. Satan uses unforgiveness to work his way into our lives. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11 says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. He's talking about forgiveness, right? Verse 11, he says why this is so important. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The, the phrase here, take advantage of, means literally, literally to defraud. In other words, we get ripped off when we allow unforgiveness to continue in our lives. Satan will use unforgiveness, bitterness, offenses that are held on to, uh, uh, and he will rip off, he can rip off, Born again, blood-bought believers uh, when we walk in unforgiveness. And I've seen this so often through my life with God. There have been times in my life I know that He has uh, ripped me off for periods uh, when I held on to an offense or unforgiveness against someone. You say, you have done that? I can tell you there have been times where I have done that. I'm not proud of it. Uh, I don't own it anymore, and I try to get rid of that stuff as quickly as it comes, but I have at times. I have friends that are no longer in ministry now because of this very thing. I'm thinking of one particular friend. He had great ministry. He pioneered a church that was so great. It was awesome had wonderful uh, people in this church. I preached revivals for them uh, several times, and they were, they were going for God and built a great church, uh, and yet something happened in his life uh, where he was offended. He did not deal well with uh, 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 the, the bitterness in his life, and because of that, he's not only out of the ministry, but he's no longer serving God. Because of this very thing, Satan ripped him off, ripped off his ministry, ripped off his life with God because he didn't deal with this. Satan has ripped off friendships. He has ripped off marriages and at times whole churches because of unresolved anger and a refusal 
to forgive. Now, Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other. God help us. God help us as his people to look after each other. Look after each other. Look after each other. So that none of you, listen, fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. We have to, in our lives, pull up that root of bitterness uh, uh, before it messes us up and others up. You know why? Because bitterness is a traveling root. It's a traveling root. It'll travel into all the relationships in our life if we don't, if we don't get, deal with it. I uh, grew up uh, as a child in the South, and in my parents' backyard along the back fence, we had some cane growing up. And uh, it really was bamboo, but we called it cane. And we would, we would take it and make cane poles. Some of you know what I'm talking about, cane fishing poles. We, we just tie a string around it or a fishing line around it and catch crappie with them. And, and so anyway, it was growing in the backyard. And at first, it was, it was real pretty. It, it looked nice back in the backyard. It gave the backyard a little bit of an Asian flair toward the back fence. And so it was nice and pretty. But then we noticed it started taking over. See, because that cane or that bamboo, is they are not just individual plants. They are traveling roots. Under the, uh, under the surface of the ground, they, it, that root just travels. It's actually one organism. It's all connected. And it started taking over the backyard. And after my dad passed, my mom's looking out there. She sees all this cane back, and it's just all over the place. And so uh, it, was, it was, you know, it was, it was a nightmare. Uh, it spread like something out of a science fiction movie. Instead of the blob, you could make a movie called The Cane. <laughs> and I'm telling you why. My son Dan and I got out there in the backyard on, in the summer in Alabama with, and started ripping that stuff up. Had to use an axe to cut it out of the ground. That, that root was so was so firm and so thick, and, you know, cane, the bamboo, that didn't, that didn't cut. He had to use an axe to chop it out. And it, we, we piled piles in, uh, uh, by the curb in the front to, uh, to be hauled away. And so we got it all cleared out, or so we thought. And then a couple of weeks later, we noticed some shoots coming up. And you know what we thought? Oh, no, the cane. And it grows fast, and so we had to get back out there and do it. It is, listen, it is a traveling nightmare of a root. And that is exactly like, and that's why the Bible warns us about the root of bitterness. It is a traveling root, and it will insert itself into every one of our relationships and cause problems, and that's why we have to get rid of it. Now, I know that some may be thinking tonight, that's right. That's I need the Holy Ghost to come in and cut the bitterness out of my Jesus, break out the axe. <sighs> Hack that bitterness out of my life. But listen, I want you to look at this verse again, Hebrews 12, 15, because it tells us something important 
about how to deal with bitterness and unforgiveness. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive what? The grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. We, if, if we have a problem uh, forgiving others, if we have trouble getting over an offense, <clears throat> if we are dealing with bitterness against other people, we need to be visited, listen, not by the acts of God, but by the grace of God. That's what he's saying, how to deal with, how to, don't fail to receive the grace of God. Grace is, again, goes back to that gift. It all flows back to God giving us the gift of grace. Grace is God's gift that gives us ability to overcome. One of those things that grace gives us the ability to overcome is that poisonous root of bitterness. And so we say, Jesus, give me, the, and see, this is why for, uh, forgiveness can be tough. It's a tough choice for us sometimes because there are things that people have done, people have said, uh, and they enter in, and they hurt. And so because of that, we, it's, it's difficult. Sometimes, listen, sometimes it takes an absolute miracle of God to get free of it. And you say, well, what am I to do? Receive that miracle of God's grace. See, that's what we do. We say, Jesus, give me grace to help in this time of need, in this place in my life. I need your grace, your power and ability to forgive and to really mean it. I can't do it on my own. See, that's where God comes into our life. There are things that we cannot do on our own. There are habits we will never break without the grace of God. There are bondages that we will never get through. There are chains that will never be broken without the grace of God. And one of those strongest chains and bondages is that of bitterness and unforgiveness. It needs a miracle. God, give me grace. And that, the great thing is, he freely gives us grace. The Bible says that He gives grace for grace, grace on top of grace. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, if you're taking notes, at the end of the chapter there, it talks about grace to help in the time of need. See, again, life isn't uh, made up of a series of chances. It's made up of a series of choices, and one of the biggest choices we'll ever make is to forgive. Ephesians 4, 29 through, 20 through 32 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may, here it is, impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. How would we grieve the Holy Spirit of God? By not allowing grace to be imparted from our lives, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And again, also, we grieve him by bitterness. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, the just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now, I want to tell you something uh, that you really already know, and that is God doesn't uh, afford us the luxury of holding on to unforgiveness or staying bitter. We, we, are never, we will never be given a pass to stay bitter or unforgiven. 
Now, sometimes we think I, we deserve a pass. And we almost think that God would, would give it because he, and it's almost like we can hear God speaking to us, say, you know what, I know they did this to you. I know they spoke that to you. I know this injury was so difficult, so hurtful, so painful. And, you know, I'm just going to give you a pass on that. You go ahead and let that bitterness travel. And that unforgiveness just fester. No, he won't. If we ever hear God's voice inside giving us a, 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 like a pass, or we think we hear God's voice uh, uh, saying something like that, we need to discern a little better. Because that voice we hear speaking inside may sound embarrassingly like ourself. Unforgiveness usually resolves, revolves around something legit. In other words, we don't usually get, we're not usually unforgiving or bitter about something that didn't even happen or at all. Sometimes it can be imaginary, but most times it's about something that really did happen. We have a reason for it. Now, while bitterness is usually about something legitimate, we don't get a pass. So we've got to deal with it. Can you say amen? And you know why God says to do it? It's not just about how it affects our relationships with other people. He loves us too much to allow us to keep that in our heart because he knows it travels, it's damaging, it'll rip us off, and we must make the choice to forgive, and it's a huge choice. It's big because of how it plays out in our life, and it's also big because it's one of those big steps of obedience to becoming like Jesus himself. 1 Peter 2 verse 23 says, when he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer an insult in return. I, how, how many of you know that's novel? Uh, well, they said, they said this to me, and so I, gotta, I, just gotta, I don't get mad, I just get even. And he didn't do that, did he? When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance. And how many know he could have? Uh, when they were mocking him and said, come down from the cross, you know what he could have? He could have just ripped his hands off the cross, ripped his feet off the cross, and then hovered there for a moment, and then called in those legions of angels and says, I'm going to give you a preview of what's ahead for you, and just dangled some people over some flames for a while. But he didn't do it, did he? No threats of vengeance. But he trusted himself, and this is key, and everything to him who judges fairly. We have to entrust our lives to God and say, God, you know what? You know, and I just give this to you. That's how we forgive. Commit it to God. Forgiveness is a really big decision because of how it plays out in our life. And also, it's big in how it plays out in the body of Christ. The Bible tells us over and over for us to forgive each other. And you know why it says that? It's because you and I are going to have reasons to forgive each other. I'm talking about Christian people. I'm talking about church-going folk like us on a Saturday night. Kingman, Arizona, Praise Chapel, like 419 Harrison Street. Google it. Here we are. Us folk, us kind of folk, will need to forgive each other. In church, church people, can you believe that? You know, I wish that wasn't so. I wish that when we got saved, we were perfect and we'd never say anything or do anything to hurt anybody else. Wouldn't you like that? 
I, w I wish that when we got saved, we were all perfect, and they would never say anything or do anything to hurt us. But we do. We do say things sometimes. We do do things that hurt and offend. And people do things and say things that hurt and offend us. And it is important for us to forgive because we need each other. Now, tonight I'm going to, we're going to serve communion. And we're going to do this. And I'm going to kind of include it in the last part of this message. <clears throat> it's important for us to forgive and get along because we need each other. Now, I want you to say, I need others. We, we, we need each other. We need the body. We need each other. It's, we desperately need each other. We are called the body of Christ, aren't we? Jason, if you go ahead and come on up. I'm going to have, uh, just before we do this, I, I want to just pray a prayer. And the only requirement or, or biblical uh, mandate as far as receiving communion is that we have asked Jesus to come into our lives. And tonight, maybe you're here and you never have. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you have not ever given your life to Christ and you would like to tonight, I, I want to remind you what I said at the beginning of this message. It's a gift. It, his forgiveness is a gift, but it must be received individually. We have to receive it. We must receive it. And tonight, maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I've never given my life to Christ or I've been away from him for a time, but I'd like tonight to receive that gift of forgiveness. No one looking around, you just slip your hand up where I can see it and know to include you in this prayer. God bless you. Anybody else tonight included in this prayer? Praise God. All right, let's pray this together. And I'm going to include in this uh, a prayer of, of forgiveness toward others. Let's pray together. I want you to repeat this out loud with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive that gift, your forgiveness. I do not take it for granted. Thank you for forgiving me all of my sins. Help me tonight. I receive your grace to forgive. I receive your ability, your enablement to be able to forgive those who have hurt me, those who have spoken against me, those who have offended me. I choose to forgive by the grace you're giving me now. <clears throat> In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. The ushers are going to pass out uh, the cups. And if you've never received communion, there's a cup and a cup, and you'll see when the tray comes by. Uh, if it seems stuck in there, just wiggle a little bit, it'll come out. Uh, there's a lower cup that has the bread, and the top cup has the juice. And again, you're welcome to receive uh, just as long as you have given your life to Christ. It's, it's not about anything else. And, and so I do want to talk about something in this part of the communion service because sometimes what I'm going to talk about is not always talked about or thought about in communion. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 and 17, it says, The cup of the blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. So listen, as you're receiving this, just take it and hold it, and we're going to receive together. There's something powerful that happens when we receive communion together. We are all different tonight. <laughs> I mean, no, that's true. <laughs> uh, we are different. Now, I thought about having you look at somebody and say, you're different, but don't do that. <clears throat> I want you to say, I do want you to say, I'm different. Well, don't, don't you know that's true? We are, we are all different. We're different personalities in this church. That's what I like about this church. We're different age groups. We're different backgrounds. We're different colors. I, I, like, a, I like a Neapolitan church. Different colors. Stuck together, right? Uh, sometimes we even have differing opinions about some things. Can you imagine that? We do, though, don't we? But listen, when we receive communion together, the blood that Jesus shed and the body that was broken brings us together. One bread, it says. That's, it's symbolic. The bread that we have tonight is a symbol of Jesus' body that was broken. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. It was broke, but his body was broken to bring his church body, believers, together. And this is the miracle of forgiveness is that he not only forgives our sins, but he enables us to begin to forgive others and bring so many different types of people together. We're, just take a moment and look around. Man, we're all different. Kind, we're different. All different kinds of people. All different backgrounds, ages, and yet he brings us to something happens miraculous. Now listen, if you've struggled with forgiving, if you've struggled with bitterness in your life, you are not alone. There are lots of people, blood-bought, children of God, born-again believers that wrestle and struggle with giving forgiveness to people who have injured them deeply. It happens, and so that's why the Bible addresses it so much. And sometimes we may think, you know, I don't know if I can forgive because of what was done. It may go back to childhood. I don't know if I can. But listen, we can forgive with God's grace. Receive the grace of God. That grace is God's ability. It can take, it can take in some instances, an absolute miracle of God for us to forgive somebody else. But isn't that what the cross is all about? Isn't it? A miracle. In the Old Testament, it's in Exodus chapter 15, if you want to look at it later. The Hebrews had come out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They came to a place where the waters were bitter. The waters were bitter. They couldn't drink the water. It was too bitter. Mara, bitter. And God showed Moses, this is beautiful, a tree. And he cut that tree down threw it into the bitter waters, and the bitter waters were made sweet. Man, I get a rush thinking. It's because it was symbolic. It was a type of the cross of Christ. 
and mark it down tonight, God is able to take those offenses that have been done to us, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and by the miracle of the cross, enable us to forgive. Sometimes it does. It takes, it takes a straight-up miracle, but that's exactly why Jesus died on the cross was for a miracle. It took a miracle to forgive us, didn't it? Forgiveness. And sometimes it takes a miracle for us to forgive others. And God promises us grace, gives us grace to forgive. So as we have the bread, it's symbolic of his body. And maybe it was some, maybe somebody here in, in this church and somebody said something, did something that offended you. You know what? Sometimes it might be go, good to go and, and, and talk to that person. But sometimes what we need to do is just leave it at the cross. Leave it at the cross. They may not even know. They, and it may not be something that needs to even be addressed except in our own hearts. Amen? Whatever it is, tonight as we have the body, his body was broken to bring his body together. His body was broken for our healing by his stripes, the stripes that were laid on Jesus' back. The Bible says we are healed. We are healed. Tonight, you know what? We need to expect miracles. Every time we come together, there's a miracle presence of God flowing, working. And as Jesus' body was here on earth, I've been reading through the Gospels. And all everywhere it went, miracles happened. People were healed. People were set free from emotional bondages, uh, horrendous emotional bondages. And tonight, his body was broken for our healing. His body was broken to bring us together. And tonight, as we receive his body, I want you to expect a miracle. Maybe it's in the area of forgiving someone. I want you to expect a miracle. God's grace giving you not a feeling, but a miracle where you make are able to make that choice to forgive. If you're sick in your body and need uh, a, a miracle of healing, I want to encourage you to expect a miracle. Receive that bread that is symbolic of his body that was broken. Healing flows. I fully expect some people, people across this building tonight to be miraculously healed. How many are you willing to believe with me? I believe that you're believing. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your body that was broken to bring your church body together. Bring us together. Thank you for the miracle of this body of believers. What a miracle. Lord, we do believe that by your stripes we are healed. Your body was broken to release blood for our healing. And tonight I speak healing over this congregation, over this body, over every sick body that's here. In Jesus' name, I take authority over sickness, infirmity, tumors, uh, uh, bad doctor's reports, pain, uh, bad bad backs, vertebrae that's been disintegrated or, or bulging disc in people's backs, all of those problems, uh, whatever the issue is, Lord, headaches, go in Jesus' name. Pain, flee by the name and through the stripes of Jesus. Tumors, disappear in Jesus' name. Kidney uh, disease, go. Liver disease, go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Thank you for your body broken for us, for our healing. 
Jesus' name. Jesus, when he had his disciples together and started communion, he says, this is my body which is broken for you. Take eat. He took the blood, the cup, symbolic of his blood, and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, the new agreement between you and God through his blood. Because of his blood shed, he was able to give forgiveness. To give. Thank God for his gift of forgiveness. Can you say amen? We are forgiven. There's stuff in every one of our lives tonight that we would not want anybody else to know. And it need, they need not know. You know why? He shed his blood for your forgiveness. God's forgotten about it. He has forgotten about it. We may remember, and it may sting us at times, but we need not be held on or hold on to the, the, the agony of that because he has forgiven. We may remember doing it, but you know what? That was that guy. <laughs> there are things in that. that I, I don't even hardly recognize that old man when I was young and forgiven. He's the old man. I'm, I'm the young man, the new man. <laughs> That's right. That, that was old. That old guy. That bloodshed. Forgiveness flow. And we're new in him. Amen. Forgiven. And because his blood was shed, we can forgive. We are forgiven, and we're given grace to forgive. Jesus took the cup. Let's, let me just pray over this cup. Lord, thank you for your bloodshed. We do remember. You said do this in remembrance. We do remember. We do not take it for granted. Thank you for your miracle of forgiveness that we have received. And tonight, thank you for the miracle that you give us to forgive. Thank you for bringing us to bond, together by your sacrifice made for us. Thank you for your blood shed for our forgiveness releasing of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink all of it. Now, if you just put those cups down beside you and stand to your feet tonight, some of you, I expect to hear a testimony of healing, uh, physical healing. Others of you, I know God's brought some healing in your emotions releasing forgiveness. And so just before we leave tonight, I want us to make a little bit of noise. If you're not comfortable making a whole lot of noise, just, but say thank you, Jesus, anyway. Let's, let's give the Lord a clap offering and let's thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your body broken. Thank you for your blood shed. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the grace to forgive, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you. Spirit of God's moving and touching people right now. Just receive, receive grace right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, I tell you what, I'm glad I came to church tonight. <laughs> God bless you. Our prayer team's going to be up here at the front uh, to pray for you individually if you'd like prayer. Uh, if you would do us a, a big favor now and, and pick up those cups, there'll be a garbage can back in the back for you to, we got a couple of more services going to be 
in this place, and so that'd be a blessing. God bless you. God love you.